Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series Podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the Word. Good morning, church. Let's give the uh, choir and the young people a hand. Scripture says, uh, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So truly, we thank God for the ministry of song. And didn't you like that, that last song, this Honey in the Rock? I, I love that song. First time I heard it, I think it's the first time they've, they've done that song, but I, I love that song. And it just reminds me of what our Lord Jesus said, uh, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So truly, uh, God is an awesome God, isn't he? And he alone is worthy to be praised. And that last song that they sung is right in line with our message for today. So we're going to go right to the message. We're going to go to 1 Kings, right? 1 Kings is like the uh, 10th, 11th book of the Bible. 1 Kings, the 17th chapter. And I guess I should say, I didn't say it the, the first service, but today is my birthday. Uh, <laughs> so I can't think of a better present than be able to preach the word of God on my birthday. And I'm not going to tell you my age because, well, I guess I will. 60 years old. I, I don't know if that's good or bad. I feel old, but anyway, <laughs> maybe, maybe, we'll, we'll see how old I really am. All right, so... 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, and we're going to look at verses uh, 8 through 16. All right, 1 Kings 17th chapter, verses 8 through 16. And it reads as follows. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel, that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal or flour in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise or a jar. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the jar of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the jar of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, one more time, Lord, for the blessed opportunity, Lord, to stand behind this pulpit, Lord, as we prepare to deliver thy holy And thy precious word. The apostle Paul said, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. So Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for this wonderful opportunity to share your holy 
and your precious word. And Lord, as I stand here this morning, it's once again, Lord, that I ask for the filling of your Holy Spirit, Lord. And I ask and pray that the words that come forth from out of my mouth, Lord, that they would not be mine, but I ask and pray they might be yours. For we are not here for form or fashion, Lord. We are not here to glorify ourselves, but we are here to lift up your name, that wonderful, awesome, magnificent, precious, and just glorious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. So I ask right now, Lord Jesus, that you would strengthen me, Lord, that you would use me and help me to lift up your name. In Jesus Christ's precious and holy name we pray, amen. Our message for this morning is entitled, Hold On, Help is on the Way. Hold on, help is on the way. Now the Lord had recently declared through the prophet Elijah that there would be no rain for three years due to Israel's great sinfulness. Therefore, he told the idolatrous King Ahab in the first verse of this uh, same chapter, he said, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, when the drought first began, the Lord initially told Elijah to go to the brook Kirith, and the Lord would miraculously use ravens to feed him there. But after a while, even even though the Lord had sent him, the, the brook eventually dried up. But instead of panicking and trying to create his own way out of the situation, Elijah provided a good lesson for us and that he still waited on directions and guidance from the Lord. Amen. He was like David who said in Psalm 62, 5, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. Amen. And then as he was patiently waiting, the Lord told him again in verse 9, Arise. Get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, from outward appearances, this widowed mother would seem to be the last one to whom Elijah would be sent. For first of all, Zarephath was 100 miles away, and it said that you had to cross a desert land in order to get there. Then Zidon was the homeland of Jezebel, the wicked wife of Ahab, who was actively trying to kill the prophets. And then Elijah was sent to this widowed mother. And this widowed mother, she had no money. She had no husband. She was raising her son by herself. And because of the famine, she and her son were now down to their very last meal. But the Lord had a reason for sending Elijah to her. For as it says in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, starting in verse 27, God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound or to shame the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are mighty. That no flesh should glory in his presence. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Therefore the Lord foreordained for this to happen. For this was an opportunity for my Lord to show this widow, as well as Elijah, just what my God can do. For although this mother didn't realize it, help was on the way. And did you know the same thing is true for all children of God who truly fear the Lord? For although we may have to go through difficult situations, if we truly love the Lord, we can be comforted in knowing that help is already on the way. Amen? Isaiah, the 41st chapter, the 10th verse. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. 
for I am thy God. Yea, I will, I will strengthen me. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And that's why if we are children of God who truly know the Lord, we've got to hold on and keep the faith no matter what we might have to go through. For even though we may not realize it, help is on the way. Now, as we look at the experiences that this widowed mother went through, we also see a picture of what many Christians endure during our Christian walk. So today, let's take a closer look and see how the Lord strengthened this widowed mother. First, let's go to the uh, 12th verse of that 17th chapter again. 12th verse of that 17th chapter, 1 Kings. There it reads again. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal or flour in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise or a jar. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. So the first thing we see is that children of God may be tested by the Lord. Children of God may be tested by the Lord. Now, as we've already discussed, this widowed mother was in an extremely difficult situation. The land was in the middle of a drought. She had no food. She had no husband. She was taking care of her son by herself. And now she and her son were down to their very last meal. But even though this mother didn't realize it, she was being tested by the Lord. For one thing the Lord reveals in our text is that this widow lived in the city of Zarephath. And that's not just some historical information, but there is actually some significance to this name. For Zarephath means to refine, to make pure, to make free from impurities. And that's the same thing that the Lord was doing in this widow's life. For we see that this widow's faith was lacking and that she was ready to give up and she was ready to die. But the Lord still had some plans for this widow. The Lord still had some work for this widow. The Lord still had some blessings for this widow. Therefore, he had to take her through some trials so that her faith could be strengthened. And did you know the Lord will oftentimes do the exact same thing with us? For just like with Israel, it is part of God's wise providence that his children will pass through the wilderness before they reach the promised land. I'm going to say that one more time. It is part of God's wise providence that his children will often pass through the wilderness before they reach the promised land. Acts 14.22 says, We must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. And that's why many times the Lord will allow things to get worse before they get better. Because as it says in Isaiah, he is waiting to be gracious. Therefore, the Lord does this to bring us to the end of ourselves. The Lord does this so that we realize we have no strength. The Lord does this so we realize we cannot fix our own problems. But instead, we have to rely completely upon him. If we were in control, if I was in control, and thank God I'm not, but if I was in control, I would do all I could to avoid any problems and make sure everything goes my way. But I thank God my God is wiser than that. Amen? I thank God he is wiser than that. 55th chapter of Isaiah. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. Are the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
Therefore, what we see through this widow's experience, what we see through Israel's experience, what we see through the saints' experience is one of the reasons for our journey through the wilderness is sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes to show us what's in our own hearts. For it appears that this widow was a hardworking mother who was doing all she could to provide for her family. And therefore, it was out of character for her to tell Elijah, we're going to eat this last meal and then die. But did you know when our backs are up against the wall, you will be amazed at what you will say and you will be amazed at what you will do. And this is one of the reasons why God sometimes takes us through the wilderness in order to show us our lack of faith and that sin still exists in our own hearts. As Moses told uh, Israel in the eighth chapter of Deuteronomy when they were going through the wilderness, I'll go to Deuteronomy 8.2. This is what uh, Moses told Israel when they went through the wilderness. He said, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 ways in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee or to test thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or not. And the same thing is true for us. For many times the Lord tests us because we don't recognize our own sinfulness until we're placed in a difficult situation. And that's when our true nature comes out. Have any of you ever been there? You might not want to admit it, but I've been there. When your back is up against the wall and you're placed in a difficult situation, many times that's when our true nature comes out. For early on in our Christian walk, we're just like the world, that we think we're all right. We think we're pretty good. We think that God chose us because of some righteousness in us. But after God takes us through the wilderness and we begin to see ourselves as we truly are, now we know what God meant when he said, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth and seeketh after God. When he takes you through the wilderness, now we know what Solomon meant when he said in Ecclesiastes 7.20, for there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Now we know what Romans 3.23 means when it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For just as the wilderness gave the Israelites a revelation of their own selves and allowed them to see themselves as they truly were, our wilderness experiences, our trials and tribulations, our tests and temptations oftentimes reveal to us just how sinful we truly are. And that's when we begin to be like Paul, who said in Romans 7:18, For I know that is in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. How many of you realize that? I don't hear many people saying that. <laughs> How many of you realize that just like Paul, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. And believe it or not, when you realize that, that's a good thing, church. That's a good thing. For that leads us to become more dependent upon God. For now I know that I'm not worthy. Now I know that I'm not deserving. Now I know that I've been afflicted for my own good. For through our trials, we learn God is our refuge and our strength of every present help in trouble. Through our tribulations, we learn the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. 
Through our afflictions, we learn as David said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. And through our difficulties, we learn, as Paul said, my grace is sufficient for thee. For when you go through something, church, that's when you learn, my Lord Jesus is a way maker. My Lord Jesus is a burden bearer. My Lord Jesus is a mountain mover. My Lord Jesus is a mighty savior. That's why the songwriter said, if you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. That's why the saints of God know no matter what you might have to go through, hold on for help is on the way. Amen? Hold on. Help is on the way. All right, let's go back to 1 Kings again now. 1 Kings, 17th chapter. And there it reads, and we're going to look at verses 13 through 15 now. 1 Kings, 17th chapter, verses 13 through 15. And there it reads, and Elijah said unto her, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me there of a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal or flour shall not waste, neither shall the cruse or jar of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. Now, the first thing we saw is that children of God may be tested by the Lord. The second thing we see is that children of God have faith in the Lord. Children of God have faith in the Lord. Even though this mother was so poor that she believed that she and her son were down to their last meal and ready to die. When the man of God told her to first feed him, she simply did as he said. And Elijah told her if she did so, that the barrel of meal and the jar of oil would not fail until the Lord sent rain again upon the earth. Now think about it. Think about the situation that this widow was in. What Elijah told this widow just didn't make any sense. For here, she and her son were starving to death. They barely had enough food for one meal. There was a severe drought in the land. And yet Elijah told her to make me a meal first. And then you will have food. And this is where this mother had to simply trust in the Lord. She had to be like David who said in Psalms 37, 3, trust in the Lord and do good. So shall thy dwell in the land and truly thou shalt be fed. And did you know, we have to do the exact same thing. For if we want our souls to be nourished, if we want to be spiritually fed, if we want to be truly blessed, then we also must put God first and trust and obey the Lord. For faith and obedience always go hand in hand. You can't separate the two. Faith and obedience always go hand in hand. Two sides of the same coin. So the Lord told Joshua in Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart from out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The, uh, 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 Samuel told Saul in the 15th chapter of 1 Samuel, 
Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken or to listen than the fat of rams. And that's why true faith like this widow had is a faith that trusts God. It's a faith that believes, that follows God. It's a faith that believes God. And therefore, we live our lives accordingly. Amen? Amen. If you have a faith in God, we must live our lives accordingly. That's why James said, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And when we realize that faith is more than just an intellectual belief, but it's the way we live our daily lives, then we also realize we can't be faithful just when things are going right. We also must be faithful even when it looks like everything's going wrong. For when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, we know what Paul meant when he said in Romans 8.18, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. When you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you're like Paul who said in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. When you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you're like David who said in Psalms 35, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. For we know that God is in control of all things. There's a reason for everything that we go through and all the Lord wants us to do is place your faith in him. Amen. Sadly, and this is true for all of us. Sadly, many times we get caught up in looking at our circumstances, looking all around us instead of looking up to Christ. And therefore, we easily get discouraged. We easily get distressed. We easily get disheartened. Any of you been there? You don't have to say it. And there's little or no joy in our Christian walk. But that's because we're not depending totally upon God. For it's only by leaning upon him that we can gain strength. You remember the story of Paul. Paul three times asked for that thorn in his flesh to be removed. Three times the apostle Paul asked for it to be removed. And if anyone would have had that prayer answered, you would think it would be Paul. Paul, a mighty man of God. Paul, the great apostle. Paul wrote 13 books of the New Testament. Paul founded numerous churches. If anyone would have had that thorn removed, you would think it would be the Apostle Paul. But what was God's response to the Apostle Paul? 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, my grace is sufficient for thee. Thorn wasn't removed, but my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then what was Paul's response? His response was, most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my infirmities and my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure. I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And when we realize this, then it doesn't matter what we're going through. Doesn't matter what the problem, doesn't matter what the difficulty. We know all we've got to do is place our faith in the Lord and my Lord Jesus will carry you through. He will, he will carry you through. 
119th Psalm. Let's go there real quick. 119th Psalm, longest chapter in the Bible. It's like the, 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 mid, the uh, middle of the, of the Bible. 119th Psalm. Let's see if I can find it. Amen. <laughs> 119th Psalm. And we're going to start, we're just going to read three verses. We're going to start with verse uh, 67. Listen, to, listen closely to these verses. 119th Psalm. Start in verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. Verse 71, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. How many of you can say that? I don't even know if I can say it. But it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Verse 75, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness hath afflicted me. And the psalmist could say this because the psalmist knew, no matter what he went through, that there was no greater help than our Lord Jesus Christ. For the Lord will protect us. The Lord will deliver us. The Lord will keep us. The Lord will save us if we simply place our faith in him. And that's why we know with Jesus, even in the midst of afflictions, that help is on the way. Amen? Amen. Even in the midst of your afflictions, if you are a child of God, you've got to be a child of God, but if you are a child of God, help is on the way. Amen. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's go to 1 Kings again, 17th chapter. And let's look at verse 16. 1 Kings 17th chapter, the 16th verse. And there it reads, And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of the jar of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. So first of all, we saw that children of God may be tested by the Lord. We're all going to go through some tests in our lives. The second thing we see is that children of God have faith in the Lord. Even in the midst of our, of our test, we still place our faith in the Lord. And last but not least, children of God will be sustained by Christ and his spirit. Children of God will be sustained by Jesus Christ and his spirit. Just as with this widowed mother, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, he will provide. He will provide. Psalms 145.20. The Lord preserveth all them that love him. Therefore, we have a guarantee, a 100% guarantee from the Lord himself that he will provide. And the way the Lord provides for us, the way the Lord sustains us, the way the Lord preserves us is through Christ and his spirit. And believe it or not, I believe that this can be seen if we take a closer look at our text. For I believe that this meal, King James Version says meal, meal is a picture of Jesus Christ and oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And both of them will sustain us during our Christian walk. For meal, meal is grain or corn that is ground into powder, well beaten and bruised until it becomes very fine flour. Well, did you know that's the same thing as true what Jesus Christ did for us? He is that corn of wheat who was beaten. He was bruised, and he suffered for our sins. 
John 12, 24, Jesus said, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth it long. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And Isaiah 53, 5 says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He is that corn of wheat who was ground, bruised, beaten for our sins. And then oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Think about some of the characteristics of oil. Oil does not mix with other liquids. I just saw this. Tony was cooking yesterday. I saw the olive oil rise to the top. Well, oil does not mix with other liquids, but it always rises to the top. Well, in the same way, the Holy Spirit does not mix with the flesh, but his desire is always to be first in our lives, always to rise to the top. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And then oil has a healing nature about it. When our Lord Jesus told the parable about the man who fell among thieves, the Samaritan poured oil and wine into his wounds in order to heal him. And then we know bathing in oil has a way of refreshing and comforting the body. Well, that's the same thing the Holy Spirit does. He refreshes us and he comforts us. That's why our Lord Jesus said in John 14, 16, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. Oil was used in the law to cleanse those from the plague of leprosy. Well, in the same way, the Holy Spirit is used to cleanse us from the plague of sin. Ezekiel 36 chapter, verse 27, it says, And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Therefore, what these and other scriptures teach us is, just like meal and oil were used to sustain this widowed mother, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit will sustain us during our earthly walk. Our Lord Jesus said in John 6, 51, I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he will live forever. And just as that meal and that oil never ran out, the sustaining grace of Jesus Christ and his spirit will never run out. You can call on him 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year, and he's always there to meet your every need. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen? And just as God gave this widowed mother just enough meal, just enough oil to meet her needs for the day, in the same way, if we want to be spiritually strong, we've got to come to Jesus Christ every single day. This widowed mother couldn't, couldn't go out and get a week's supply. She couldn't go out and get a month's supply, but she was given just enough to meet her daily need. Well, in the same way, this teaches us that we must come to Christ every day. Can't just go to him just once a week on Sunday, once a week on Wednesday, and think that's enough to last you. But we should feed on Jesus Christ every single day. Amen? Proverbs 8.34, blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting. We should be waiting to fellowship with him, waiting at the post of my doors. 
For when you feed on Christ every day, that's when you become spiritually strong. When you feed on Christ every day, that's when we're not tossed to and fro by every wind and doctrine. When you feed on Christ every day, that's when you don't allow the cares of this world to get you down. When you feed on Christ every day, that's when you're strong enough to endure trials and tribulations. When you spiritually feed on Christ and his spirit, we realize that nothing happens that my God does not allow. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And no matter what we might have to go through, my Lord Jesus will carry you through. Do you believe that? When you feed on Jesus, you're like the psalmist who said in the 46th Psalm, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will we not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea? When you feed on Jesus, we're like the psalmist who said in Psalms 91-2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my God, in him will I trust. When you feed on Jesus, we're like David who said in the 33rd Psalm, our soul waiteth for the Lord, he is our help and our shield. When you feed on Jesus, you're like Moses who said in the 15th chapter of Exodus, The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God. And when you feed on Jesus, you're like Job who said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And church, that's why you've got to feed on Jesus. For he's everything that we need. He is the bread of life. He is the living water. He is the true vine. He is the door of the sheep. He is the good shepherd. He is the light of the world. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the I am. He is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Jesus Christ is everything that we need. Everything that we need. Everything that we need. That's why the saints of God have got to hold on. Help is on the way. Amen. Hold on. Help is on the way. Amen. Amen. You got me excited here. Amen. Hold on. Help is on the way. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Let us pray. Oh, hey, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Just thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for you being the gracious, the awesome, the merciful, the loving, the forgiving, the omnipotent, the omniscient, the omnipresent God who you are, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just ask right now that you would just give us strength, Lord. Give us hope, Lord. Give us wisdom, Lord. Just, just, just fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. And just remind us over and over and over again to hold on for help is on the way. If there's someone present who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray, Lord, pray, Lord, that they are convicted and might come crying out and say, what must I do to be saved? And prayerfully, we will let them know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, Lord Jesus, we ask right now, Lord, that you would touch hearts, touch minds, Lord, 
Just rewrap your loving arms around them, Lord, and just remind them over and over again, no matter what we might have to go through, just how much you love them, Lord. And that they just need to simply hold on for help is on the way. We thank you, Lord, for you being the mighty, awesome, glorious, and just wonderful God who you are. We give you all honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.